you have your Bibles, would you open them please to Acts chapter 7. And tonight we're beginning a brand new sermon series entitled, A Circle of Influences. Whenever you look at somebody's life who is great, you will always notice that they're surrounded by people who put their fingerprints on their life that contribute to their greatness. Very few people are great in and of themselves. Greatness is a gift from God by His grace. But it's also through people who touch our lives and teach us things along the way to make us who we are. There's no doubt in my mind Moses was a great man. He's in God's Hall of Fame. But Moses did not stand alone. Moses had upward and outward influences that shaped who he was. And in this series, we're going to be looking at them. Tonight, perhaps the most obvious, Moses and God. Acts chapter 7. May we pick up with verse 22. This is part of one of the greatest sermons ever preached. It was preached by a deacon whose name was Stephen. This sermon would so stir up that he would be put to death for it. Acts chapter 7 verse 22, he writes concerning Moses. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians... And he was a mighty man in word and in deed. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, Moses defended him and avenged him that was oppressed by murdering the Egyptian taskmaster who was brutalizing him. Verse 25, Moses supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they did not understand. The next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have them. Set them at one again saying, Sir, you are brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us, Moses? Who gave you that title? Who gave you that position? Will you kill me too? As you killed the Egyptian yesterday? I saw it. Then Moses fled at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian where he had two sons. Verse 30. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. And Moses saw it. He wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him. Have you ever wanted something now? Let me back up. Have you ever wanted something 
right now. Let me back up. If you ever wanted something right now at this very moment, and you've asked God for it, you've called the heavenly line, and all you got was an answering machine. I'm out. Get back with you later. You ever got that? I'm sure you have. Well, welcome to the club. It's called the Club of Impatience. And Moses wanted something now. He wanted it right now. He wanted it right now at this very moment. And he asked God, and God put him on hold. And he got impatient. And he would do something that would cause him and many others great headache and heartache. Let's talk for a moment. For nearly a decade, Moses has waited on God to deliver the Hebrew people from the bondage of the Egyptians. After all, God had promised the Hebrews that he would set them free. And Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 and 14, these words of God to Abraham. And the Lord spoke to Abraham and said, Know for a fact that your seed, your, your heritage, your legacy, shall become strangers in a land that is not their own, and they shall serve those that they're in that land of. And they shall be in bondage to those people for 400 years. And that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. And afterward, you shall come out of that nation with great sustenance. God made a promise to Abraham. One day, your people are going to go into bondage. They'll be taken to a land that's not their own. They will become captives to people who are oppressive. They will be brutalized. But God says in 400 years, I will set them free. Now Moses knew at this point in our text that 400 years is almost up. And he believed that he was the man chosen by God to fulfill the destiny of the Hebrew people. To keep the promise that God had made to Abraham, he was the man. But God didn't seem to be doing anything. Moses was asking, but God wasn't answering. Moses was asking, but God had him on an answering machine. And so Moses was getting a little restless. And then he got a little angry. Then he decided he would take matters into his own hands. 
One day he witnessed an Egyptian taskmaster beating one of the Hebrew slaves. Moses intervened and he killed the Egyptian. And then he hid his body by burying the Egyptian in the sand. Now Moses believes that in doing this and committing this murder, he is going to lead a revolution that will take place. And freedom will come. Did you notice in verse 25 of Acts chapter 7 something interesting? Read that verse with me. For Moses supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But did the Hebrews understand it? They understood not. They understood not. Moses, because they didn't understand what he was trying to do, because the revolution that he was trying to start didn't begin, because now he was a murderer, a fugitive, he had to leave Egypt. And it would be another 40 years, ladies and gentlemen, before God would use him to set his people free. Impatience. I want it now. I want it right now. I want it right now at this moment. And God, you're not answering me. I'll take matters into my own hands. The club of impatience. Moses was in it. And some of us might be in it tonight as well. Just some thoughts, if I may, as we look at this. Thought number one. Impatience has a twin brother. Impatience has a twin brother. His name is Anger. And they always go together. Impatience has a twin. And they can look alike, although they're different. Impatience twin is anger. Where you find one, you'll usually find the other. Soup goes with sandwiches, right? Salt goes with pepper. Milk goes with cookies. And impatience goes with anger. Moses became impatient. The 400 years is almost up. I am a miracle child. I am a child of destiny. I am God's man to do the work that God promised Abraham, and that's to set the Hebrew people free. And God isn't acting as I think he should. I will take matters into my own hands. It's been wisely said, when you fly off the handle, you'll seldom have a good landing. Moses' impatience, and that impatience is now turning to anger. 
God, I keep asking you, why don't you say something? Why don't you do something? Why don't you answer me? Why do you just keep putting me on hold? James 1.20 says, The wrath of man does not produce, does not produce the righteousness of God. Whenever we try, out of impatience and anger, to do something for God, we will only make a mess of it. Impatience wants things now. Impatience wants things on its own schedule. Impatience leads to anger. Anger says, I'm going to get my way. Nobody's getting in my way. Get out of my way. I'm getting what I want. And anger leads to foolishness. Foolish words and foolish deeds that causes many problems down the road. I wonder if that's why in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the prophet says to wait upon the Lord. You know, we, we are a go-go people. And the Bible does tell us that we should be going at times, does it not? Go. But you know, the same Bible that tells us to go also tells us there are times when we need to tarry. We need to wait. And we're good at the going, but we're not very good at the tarrying. Because we want something and we want it now. If there's anything I've learned in nearly 30 years of ministry, it's time in God's grace will solve 95% of every problem I'll ever have. Time and the grace of God will solve 95% of every problem you and I, I'll put you in the boat too, will ever have in this life. But you can't rush neither of them. You cannot rush time and you cannot rush God's grace. They move at their own pace. But Moses said, I want it now. And the more he stewed on that, the angrier he got. And that anger led him to make a foolish decision. And that was to murder an Egyptian. He really believed the revolution would break out. That freedom would follow. But it didn't. In fact, his people would go into bondage another 40 years because of what he did. Secondly, observation number two. Impatience will come when we believe that God isn't doing anything. I mean, God had made promises to Abraham. He said to Abraham, 400 years from now, I'll set the people free. I will set your people that will be in bondage to another nation and another people. I will set them free. And Moses says, well, according to my watch, <laughs> according to my calendar, 400 years is about up. 
Why isn't God doing anything? Maybe God is asleep. Maybe God's taking a nap, a power nap. Maybe God's preoccupied. You know, God's busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. And maybe God just got kind of tied up over here and forgot about this. Maybe God went on vacation. God does get some vacation, doesn't he? We get vacation. Why can't God have vacation? Maybe God forgot. I mean, after all, he does have a lot on his plate. Maybe it just slipped his mind and he forgot. Or maybe God's getting older. And when you get older, your muscles get weaker. What was once solid is now flabby. And maybe God's a little flabby. Maybe he's weakened through the years, and maybe he just can't do it anymore. I don't know what's going through Moses' mind. I don't know what's going through your mind when you're impatient, nor mine at times. You say, Pastor, all that's foolishness. Most of the time it is, but that's what we think. Maybe we need to help God. Jim Palmer reporting for duty, Lord. Aren't you glad I'm here? I'll take care of it. Well, that's what Moses did. Maybe God needs my help. That's what Moses thought. And I guess it's only right he thought that because I'm sure there was a saying in his day, like in our day, that says God only helps those who help themselves. You ever heard of that? How about tell me what book in the Bible that's in? Can you give me a chapter, a verse on that, please? Yeah, sure, Pastor. Hold on just a second. Well, I don't want to be mean, but I don't have time for you to find it. Because it's not in the Bible. Just like a lot of old sayings that we hold up as being truth. They might sound logical and they might be reasonable, but they're not in the Bible. Maybe Moses really believed that God helps those who help themselves. But you know, the Bible says in Psalm 27, verse 14, wait on the Lord. (laughs) Wait on the Lord. What's wait mean? Wait. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he in his time shall strengthen thy heart. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. God doesn't help those who help themselves, but God does help those who will listen to him. God will help those who will obey him. God will help those who will wait on him. God is always at work. The problem is, we want to see it, but God is the God of the unseen too. We want to visibly see it, but God is a God of the invisible too. 
We want to understand what God's plan is, but God is the God of a plan even when we can't understand it. God is always at work. Listen to me. He's always at work. He's working to fulfill His promises. He's working to fulfill His will. He's working to fulfill everything according to His perfect plan. But I can't see it. You don't have to see it. I can't hear Him. You don't have to hear Him. I can't feel Him. You don't have to feel Him. I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. Just believe it. Bamboo. When the Chinese want to raise bamboo, they get a bamboo seed. That's pretty logical, isn't it? And they put it in the ground. They till the soil around it. They fertilize it. They water it. And the first year, That that seed is put into the ground, the bamboo seed. It produces absolutely nothing. Nothing. Not even a smidgen. Say, Pastor, what's a smidgen? It's small. The second year, break up the soil. Fertilize it, water it. What happens? Absolutely nothing. Not even a smidgen. Year three, water fertilize. Year four, water fertilize. Certainly something's going to happen. There got to be something happening, right? Nothing happens, not even a smidgen. Year five, water fertilize. And all of a sudden, in year five, that bamboo seed explodes. And in year five, that bamboo seed will grow upwards to 90 feet. Now let me ask you a question. You all look like you're smart. Did the bamboo grow 90 feet in one year? Or did it grow 90 feet in five years? Well, Pastor, you said it didn't do nothing the first year, didn't do nothing the second year, didn't do nothing the third year, didn't do nothing the fourth year, but in the fifth year, it all happened. So I, 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 I guess, Pastor, it's the fifth year. Well, you guessed wrong. It grew 90 feet in five years. You just can't see the first four years. Because it was growing under the ground and it was being prepared for that tremendous surge of growth that would take place in year five. God is like that. There might be days, there might be weeks, there might be months, and there might be years when we don't see him do anything. He's invisible, he's unseen, he's unheard. But does that mean he's not working? He's preparing for the time that he will step in and explode something. 
God is always at work. He's always at work. He's always at work. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you need. He knows what he said he's going to do for you. And he will do it. He's always at work. Thirdly. When we act out of impatience. And that impatience becomes anger. And that anger becomes foolish words and foolish deeds. And that Impatience causes a mess. Impatience does not disqualify us from God's service. Aren't you glad that God doesn't throw away people who make a mess? Aren't you glad? I am. I make a few messes. Do you? Sure you do. But God doesn't disqualify his servants when out of impatience they become angry and out of anger they say and do foolish things. Yes, impatience is sin. Yes, rage is a sin. Yes, causing problems is a sin. Yes, that impatience and that anger and the foolishness that follows can slow down things and delay things. But it does not disqualify a person from God using them. And from God carrying out his promises. Moses blew it. It would cost him 40 years. It would keep the Hebrew people in bondage another 40 years. But God never forgot Moses. God never forgot his promise. And 40 years later, God would fulfill it. Moses would get another chance. And in that second chance that Moses got, he learned how to wait on God. You ever thought about the ten plagues? Have you ever wondered why Moses didn't try to speed him up? Why didn't he say, Pharaoh, I'm tell you what. You don't let these people go. God's going to do two, three, and four to you. <laughs> or God's going to hit you with all ten of them at once. He never again tried to rush God. He followed God patiently and progressively. Through the rest of his time in doing God's will and leading God's people. What did Moses learn from God in closing? He learned patience. That God is at work. And he who waits upon the Lord shall be blessed. He also learned grace. That the God of heaven is a God of a second chance. He learned that and he never forgot it. And as we proceed through the life of Moses, what you're going to see is a man who learned patience. And who learned grace. He learned not only to have patience with God. But he learned how to have patience with other people. 
He learned not only to receive God's grace, but he would learn how to give God's grace. God help us learn those lessons. They would bid us well in the days to come. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe tonight you're here and you're a little impatient. And maybe your impatience, if we can be quite frank and honest, is with God. You've got your plan in place. You've presented your plan to God. And you want it right now. Right now, at this moment, you want God to sign off on that plan. You want God to do it. And yet, for some strange reason, God isn't listening to you. He's not picking up your call. All you're getting is an answering machine. And maybe some of you right now are just a little impatient and maybe, quite frankly, a little angry. And maybe you're about to do something foolish to speed up the process. i got to have a relationship, and I'm tired of waiting on God to send me a girl. I'm tired of waiting on God to send me a, a guy. I'm going to go out and find mine. I'll get my own. I'm tired of waiting on God to give me something I want. If I've got to go out and borrow the money to get it, I'll go borrow it. I'm going to get it. Tired of waiting on God to tell me what school I might need to go to or what job I might need to have. I'm just going to go out and get what I want. To heck with Him. Impatience. You know where impatience comes from? It comes from our flesh, but it also is incited by the devil. The devil's impatient. He knows his time is short and what he's going to do, he better do quickly. So he has no patience. He's impatient. He pushes things. So if you want to be like the devil, be impatient. But God is patient. God is in no rush. God has always been. God will always be. God is going to get done what he wants done. And he will get it done at the right time in the right way in the way that will maximize blessings to everybody, including you and I. So tonight, maybe you're struggling with impatience. And maybe this message is for you. Would you wait on God for what you want need? You wait on God and believe that He's working even when you can't see Him. And He will do it when He's ready. And maybe you've already blown it. (laughs) 
Maybe you've already said and done something stupid and foolish. And right now you're paying the consequences of it. You jumped up and got involved in a relationship with somebody you should have never been in it with them, but you, you did. Maybe you're at a school that you don't want to be at. Maybe you're in a job that's not where you want to be. Maybe you're up to your ears in debt. Plastic card, credit card debt. Well, God still loves you and God still wants to use you. You're going to have to dig out from all of it. Took Moses 40 years. Hope it won't take you that long. But there is a consequence when we allow our impatience to cause us to anger and cause us to do something outside the will of God. Tonight I would ask you to trust God. And believe that he's still a God of a second chance, even if you blew the first one. Father in heaven, we're not a patient people. I'm not a patient pastor. My people aren't patient. We're very demanding sometimes. Very pushy. Forgive us. And help us have patience to believe in your time and in your way you will do what you say. Help us to believe that you're the God of a 19,000 chance to those who will come and tell you they're sorry. A God of a new beginning and a fresh start. Lord, I pray for this invitation. I don't know how it's spoken to my people. I pray in Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet, please?